Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. The show is a proud media partner for the 11th Annual Media Excellence Awards, which are produced by Access Entertainment in Los Angeles, California. The Media Excellence Awards are recognized as the most influential awards show, honoring innovation and leadership in all things mobile entertainment, lifestyle, and technology. For more information on how to submit to these awards, please visit MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have John Matheson. He's the CEO and founder of Commercial Loan Success. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you guys are doing is actually really innovative and, and quite fascinating. But maybe before we get into all that stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. So I'm a, uh, I'm a Northeast kid. Okay. Grew up in the northwest corner of Connecticut. Okay. So small town. And, um, you know, it's funny in context when you think about it, you know, when, and I'm in my mid fifties now. So okay. just to give your audience sure. a favor for how long I've been doing this stuff. But, you know, when I grew up, it was the seventies mm -hmm. and the early eighties was a different economic time. Sure. And one of your, um, you know, as you start to frame yourself as an entrepreneur and a business person, you know, in your context of, well, what is it that was successful in your mind back then, sure. you know? And back then it was to be able to, at some point in your life, own a single family, 1500 square foot ranch or Cape on your own lot. Sure. And if you, if you made that, you know, if you got there, you were, you were a success. Sure. And of course, everything changed from when I, when I was able to leave the small town and I um, went to college. Okay, which what, was great. My parents were were fantastic about that because you know they neither one of them really did go, and they were like, "No, we want you to go. We want you to go to school." And um, you know, it was tough for them, I'm sure, to save to get that organized to do. And sure. you know, it was a fantastic upbringing in that space. So when you go to college, and it's it's when Reagan is in office, you sure. know, your eyes open to different opportunities and. I went to Fairfield University, got a degree in finance. And okay. when you're in Fairfield U, you're dealing with a lot of New York people. And when you're a country kid, you know, it's not something, yeah, you're not used to it, but your eyes open to, oh my gosh, there's this huge world. So when you go to a school like that and it's the 80s, they place you in New York City. Okay. And my first job was down on Wall Street. And I worked for one of the money center. Yeah, I worked for one of the money center banks down there and worked myself up from just entry level jobs to um, by the time I left there, this is what they told me anyway. There was only 22 people on the street with higher security trading designations than I had. Wow. So whatever that means now, whatever that means. But, you know, it got into for me, my my mid to upper 20s. And I was like, this is really not entirely for me. It's just, there's too much, you know, chaotic stuff that's happening um, in that space. Of course, it's funny now because that's when I was there is when the original Wall Street movie was made. Sure, sure. <laughs> the Gordon Gecko days. And so, you know, I left and moved on. And I think what was a burning desire for me was 
So always at, you know, at the point that you're seeing so much money flow through when you're doing um, transactions, I always wanted to say, you know what, let me pay myself what I'm worth. I want to sign my own paycheck. Interesting. And I had a burning desire to be an entrepreneur and pay myself what I was worth. Okay. And of course, you know, careful what you wish for, because, <laughs> you know, some days you, <laughs> you think you're worth more than you can afford to pay yourself, That's especially fair. when you start. And um, so I started out and I was um, influenced by, you know, when you're in the securities business, you're not actually handling, handling anything that's a physical product. And I just wanted to be able to, you know, touch and feel what I was creating. So sure. I moved into the world of real estate development, and I just always wanted to be the developer um, to where I would, you know, be able to put together projects and then have a, have a finished product for people to be able to live in or see. So that that's where all that started for me. And I've been doing that business now for probably 25, 26 years. Wow. So did um, you... And then it, and, so, sorry, yeah. did, did you have any prior experience in that space before you got into it or you just kind of figured it out as you went along? I had um, I had some training in college. Okay. Um, one of the things I was able to do, you know, just I was able to get my residential real estate sales license by okay. the time I was 21. Okay. And um, I worked at Coldwell Banker and I was the youngest person working there. It was funny because it was a summer internship job. Okay. And, you know, I thought it was just a wonderful idea, Kevin, to put myself through school on commission sales for the summer. Sure. Interesting. <laughs> how do you think, how do you think that went? You know, what, what do you mean it takes 60 days to close a house? I'm back in school in 60 days. You know? Interesting. Who's going to do my closings? I'm in class. So it was, um, but I learned a lot and sure. I learned about property transactions and it was my first experience with bank financing. Okay. And I think at, at 21 years old, I actually learned one of the most valuable lessons about lender financing that I've learned in, in, along in my entire career. Okay. And um, if you want, I'll, I'll share the, sure. the, the two or three minute story with you. Yeah, sure. So I had, uh, you, know, you know, I figure I'm 21. What do I know about a commercial real estate transaction? I mean, nothing. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there and back in those days, it was there was no cell phones. Sure. And picture the archaic thought that you can come up with a vision of a caveman in a room. I mean, there was no <laughs> cell phones. The, the multiple listing service for properties was a teletype. Sure. You, you know, there was a book that had pictures in it that was outdated because if something sold, the picture was in the book and you didn't know. If it, anyway, so there was no real way to exchange proper information back in those days. Okay. But so you'd sit in the office and people would walk in. So this guy walks in and he's got a little strip plaza. And I happened to be the floor agent. Lucky me. It was a Friday night. And who else would work? So the kid okay. works. So there I sit. So it's so I end up with um, he wants to he was going to buy this property, and I'm like, and he's already found it. So I'm like, this is just this is too good to be true, and it's a three hundred and something thousand dollar deal, which is unheard of back in those days for money. It's, it okay. seemed like now it's commonplace. So, sure. but so you're sitting there, and he's buying it's a five or six unit deal, and he and so what do I have to do? Well, I have to get him a banker. So I, I ask around the office on Saturday morning, well, who's the best banker? And it's, it's Steve. So, you know, and I won't use Steve's bank name because they're still around today. And I sure. it's going to kind of be a fun story. So, so Steve is coming in and I think I couldn't get Steve for an appointment till the following Thursday, okay. which to me was a eternity. My first deal, imagine five days I have to wait for the banker, which <laughs> is typical though. You know sure. I mean? That's how yeah. you, you learn. That's how it is. So, so, 
um, Barbara, who was my office manager, to me, who, who was older at the time, who was probably younger than I am now in, in the context of that era, Barbara is sitting there and, and she's got it. We're in a cube setting and I'm in the conference room and I, she's in the room next door. So okay. there's a wall between us. And um, so she's, I'm talking to Steve and I have the customer there. And so the conversation's flowing and Steve's happy and the customer's happy and it gets to the down payment on the deal. And as we all have learned in commercial, we do have to have some down payment usually in the transaction to make sense of it for the bank. Sure. So the banker says, well, you need to have, you know, 25% down. Interesting how that hasn't changed over time. And so the buyer says, well, you know, I've got, I've got around 15% of that and I'm going to get my aunt to give me the other 10%. Okay. And the banker says, Oh, well, I, I don't think I can, I can do that. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to do this deal. That's not seasoned funds. Um, you're going to have to take your aunt's money in and season it as your own for, for, you know, three months before I can even and do that. Or your aunt's going to have to co-sign on this loan. Okay. And he's like, you know, Steve, my aunt's not going to sign the loan. I mean, she's just my aunt. She's an older woman. She just wants to give me money to, you know, to get the building done. She's not going to sign. So Steve's like, well, I can't do the loan. Interesting. All right. So I'm sitting there and you can now what, what I'm, I'm shocked, right? What do I do? I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, my deal's about to fall apart. Sure. You know, and remember I was told Steve could do the deal. And if Steve couldn't do it, no one else could. Is what you know, people in the office told me. So all of a sudden, yeah, I'm sitting there and I, it was just the most wonderful thing. This thunderous voice comes through the wall, you know, the, for, the, for somehow the wall could hear everything that was being said. And I never understood that till that point. Interesting. But that, that sweet yet strong demeanor woman said through the wall in the most firm of voice, Kevin, she goes at your bank. Okay. <laughs> That's all, all she said. And I looked at the wall and I looked at Steve and I said, you know what? The wall has a point. You said it can't be done. Is that just at your bank or is that in general? And Steve's like, oh, no, nobody can do this. There's just, nobody can do this deal. I can. I say, you know what, Steve, I'll tell you what, it's Thursday. If I get this solved by tomorrow, I'm 21. If I get this solved, you are going to take me out. And there was, you know, nice restaurants where I was next door. You're going to take me out on a tab tomorrow night and I get to drink all night on you. <laughs> fair deal. <laughs> so fair deal. And I'll tell you what, Steve had a heck of a tab that Friday night because I was a kid and I could nice. stay out late. Sure. I made five or six phone calls and I found another commercial bank that was willing to do the deal without the co-signing and with the funds coming in on a note. Interesting. And I, I learned right then that, you know, banks, the, the language that we anticipate in the market is general. It's in general of what's going to happen. If we get rejected at one bank, we all think, oh, well, that's just how it's going to be. But as an entrepreneur, you realize, hey, the bank is just as much of an institution as anybody else's business. And sure. maybe in that bank, there's issues or maybe in that bank they just don't want to be in that portfolio space with that product at that time. Now they won't tell you that sure. they want to maintain the relationship, but that could, there could be realities at play that you just never know. So I learned that was my first big lesson about lender financing is that if I got, and it stuck with me my whole career is if I got told no at a banking institution, 
it was okay. I, I have to just be like a barber in a salon that's, you know, I'm a barber with 20 people waiting and somebody, I give them a haircut and they say, well, I don't like the haircut. You know what the barber says next, you know, I got 20 people waiting. I'm sorry. You don't like your haircut. I mean, I got you know, it's like next bank. It just move on because we're now in a world where there is a lender who will do your transaction providing it's a good one. Sure. Makes sense. And this one was. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. So walk me through kind of your career kind of up until you founded um, commercial loan success and, and actually kind of got in the software space. So, yeah. So the world of development for me was um, actually a very, very pragmatic and, and fruitful ride. We went from when you start out small, all of us start with one transaction somewhere. Um, my first okay. one was very small. I think it was a $30,000 building lot where we where I went down to the local community bank who gave me the money to put up the first house that we had there. Go okay. figure. You know, I mean, you know, you could actually back then get simple startup capital. Sure. And um, that was the good news. And then we went from one to another to another. And you just keep reinvesting and take out a little pay on your way. And you just keep getting bigger till now where the, the projects are anything that we usually get involved with is well over 100 units. So wow. the numbers just get bigger. And, you know, you get into the fives and tens and whatever millions of dollars per project, but all of the same skill set is, is there. And you just have your due diligence methodologies and you run your business systemically like anyone else does. And you just, you grow bigger and bigger, but along the way, you realize that in order for you to level up, you do need to have legitimate commercial financing. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have to get the best rate and term that you can, which still comes from in this country, regulated regional or commercial community banks. Okay. It's just the best place you can go to get the, the fairest interest rate, the fairest terms and, and the, the, the most help in your project too. Um, you know, your banker can actually be somebody who looks at your deal. And if your banker's telling you, Hey, look, the numbers work, but I think you should look at it because there could be some risk you don't see. Hey, listen, I welcome that conversation. That's a great conversation to have if your banker is actually looking out for you on that level. But that's what was happening all the way up until the last recession. Okay. And what's funny is, you know, I, at my age now, I've lived through three recessions in okay. my business. Okay. And, and as I remember them, and especially the last one, what was interesting for us is our balance sheet grew every year. Even through the recessions? And even through the recession. Interesting. And so, you know, you learn the skills. But I'll tell you what, and I, I – Tell everybody this. I don't want to come back on your show and and discuss. Okay, here's how we get through the fourth recession of my career. Sure, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, we, we, we don't want to we don't want to forecast that. If it has to happen, call me. I'll tell you this is what I'm doing. But gotcha. but you know there is methodology. You know there there are things that in steps that you do take when sure. those things occur when you're in commercial real estate. One of the biggest things that you um, try to avoid is being over leveraged at any point. Because that's where your banking climate becomes impossible to work with because it's regulated banking. You know, the right. banker is only dealing within, well, it's regulated. You have to be a certain LTV in a project, and that's just how it is. So you want to make sure that at any given time, and for any of us who are on the call who went through that, that 08, 09 world, you know, it turned very quickly. And sure. you have to always 
you know, you kind of learn that, Kevin. You get to a point with your business where you look at everything you do and you say, am I prepared for a problem tomorrow? Yeah, fair. Because that's what happened to all of us in OA. You know, it's, it's a tomorrow deal. I mean, it was all of a sudden, it's like, what do you mean there's not an efficient commercial paper market? What do you mean Paulson's walking around with one piece of paper going to the money center banks trying to get the commercial paper market moving again? There was just nothing, you know, it, it, well, that's been more places than we can here in five minutes. But the recession taught us a lot about, you know, predicting our business for, and preparing it for survival and the, and the rapids that come with it. And financing was a big part of it. And so when you came out of that last recession, that's when there started to become a rift and it was a valid one between commercial banks of that I described, the regulated regional and community banking system and the business community, being entrepreneurs or real estate investors, who through that whole period couldn't predict reliable financing and hence the alternative market of online lenders and alternative lenders popped up and, and carved out a massive part of the market through that period interesting and when you when you sit here and you say all right well for all of us who are out there what are the statistics on banking even today as you know has it fully recovered no but what are the statistics and the statistics are you know depending on what you believe there's 28 million small businesses or so in this country as defined by the small business administration within their criteria and the Federal Reserve says around 20 million of us are using some form of commercial bank credit, which could be as simple as a credit card all the way to, you know, a commercial mortgage. But there's seven or eight different products that are in the commercial bank world of merchant banking and et cetera that we're all using. And if but yet if we poll all of us and we say, well, how's how do you feel about the bank relationship? How do you feel? about a commercial loan. And you and I talked about this before, and I sure. said to you, you know, if you went for a commercial loan today, Kevin, what would you feel going into the bank? T anxiety or tons of anxiety, probably. Right. 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 Like, I, is right. I, I'd have no idea what even to think about, right? Right. So that's where that's where we come in. Okay. And that's where this, this, this got identified for us, the other side of the recession is that you know, professionals in business like yourself, professionals like even us who are who've taken, you know, millions and millions of dollars of commercial bank credit over the years and paid it back. We're all in the same spot is how do we predict the behavior of the institution? And the stories are unbelievable, the stuff that happened. So there's a little disconnect and maybe a little distrust between the entrepreneur community and, and what was going to happen. Am I going to get it? And even today, you know, the studies that come out of credible institutions like Babson College say, you know, for the entrepreneurs that they poll, they went down to the bank and how many of them got 100 percent of what they asked for? Well, about half. Interesting. So we've still got half the applications not getting fully funded. But those people who had commercial education. And in terms of using the, the ability to understand how the bank works as an education tool, got more money than those who didn't. So why is that? It should have been it should have been the same application. Right. So why sure. is that? So so I found myself like every entrepreneur does, you know, and especially in commercial real estate, you know, at, at a precipice of having to renew financing on a project, you know, right around the 2012 mark, let's say. And I was um, told by my community bank that I was in that they were merging with a bigger bank and they would prefer if I moved 
out of that portfolio space I was in the project because they didn't want to be in construction and development space because that was not who was taking them over wanted for, for loans. They wanted more of a CNI space for loans. So I said, all right, let me see what I can do. So now I'm sitting here and I mature in five months. Okay. Interesting. And I've just been told by my bank, they're not renewing me, which has never happened to me. Okay. So now I have to find an, I have to find a new banker, Kevin, sure. because, you know, so I start calling my usual other suspects and I'm not getting a warm and fuzzy from anybody because it's a fairly decent sized deal. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm at this point in my career. I have everything I need to be in. I completely qualify. I know that's not an issue, Sure. but I'm going to have to go on Google and start putting in my personal information to try to get a loan to solve this. You gotta be kidding me. Interesting. That's, I mean, I couldn't believe where I was and I'm like, you know what? It can't just be me who's in this place. You know, anybody looking for a credit line, something, equipment lines, development loans, commercial mortgage, something, everybody's got to be going through the same stuff where it's like, I can't predict reliable financing. So when I finally networked to a resolution, I was introduced to what is now my partner in commercial loan success, Dan Crowley. Okay. And Dan, has, he's, he's one of these guys who has like a Federal Reserve quality resume list for banking. You know, he's done everything possible in banking that you could do. And it's just, you know, it's one of those four page resumes of all the stuff. But I didn't know it at the time. Okay. So when I meet Dan, I meet him. He agrees to meet me in a diner. To okay. Talk how about my how did you guys connect classes. originally? So I was referred by a commercial realtor to him. Okay. And the guy says, look, because I'm, I'm on the phone, entrepreneur, right? I got to solve yeah. my problem. I'm going to network to a resolution. Sure. So I'm like pounding the phone. So, okay, who's doing lending? Who can I call? And this commercial realtor who I knew and trusted said, hey, call this guy, Dan. He will take care of you. And he's, he's one of the best business consultants you'll meet. Okay. So I, and I, so I called Dan. I finally get him on the phone. And, and we agreed to meet at a diner. And we're two older guys. We shouldn't be in a diner, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> they're serving this bacon and sausage. It just, we shouldn't be there. But Dan brings a laptop okay. and I'm sitting there and, and he's got the back of the laptop facing me. He says, all right, give me your income and expense pro forma on, on your build out. So I did. And, and, and tapping away while I'm reading him the numbers and I'm just, you know, typical, you know, apartment type complex where it's, here's the rents and here's the expenses all the way down to, you know, pile in the snow, whatever. So it's all the whole list of things and he's tapping away. And he, it's like five minutes and he looks at me, he turns his computer around and there's this great big word, our word go is on it. Okay. And you have to know Dan. I mean, Dan's one of the most heartfelt entrepreneurs you'll ever meet and he's here to help people. And so he's helping me. So he says, you're a go. And I said, what do you mean I'm a go? And I mean, I'm under pressure here, right? Sure, I mean, man. I don't know. What, do you mean just... I'm, what do you mean I'm a go? It's a multi-million dollar loan. What do you mean I'm a go? Because I have put your numbers through my software. Okay. My software vets transactions through common commercial bank guidelines today and tells me if your loan is likely a stop or a go at a credible commercial banking institution. Interesting. And he says, you're a go. So what I'm going to do, he goes, my software creates a one sheet of paper output that I'm going to print and I am going to send to a couple of my commercial bank contacts. And within a couple of days, you will have an LOI, letter of intent, and your loan will be on its way. And that's exactly what happened. Interesting. But I don't know that at the time. Okay. So here I sit, and you, you love software, right? Sure, so here yeah. I sit, and I'm like, I'm, I'm shifting from what's the massive need that I had, the acute need to solve financing predicament for me, 
And I'm shifting from that need to the, the curiosity of an entrepreneur of what does he have in that computer, right? Totally. So I said to him, what do you mean your software? And he goes, yeah, I've, I wrote this code. I've used it in my consultancy over the last 25 years to vet billions of dollars of commercial real estate and commercial credit lines. Interesting. And now I'm like, you used it in your, I said, well, I'd like that for my computer. How do I get it? And he goes, well, you can't have it. And he's <laughs> not saying it in a, in like, he's not saying it like we're in a sandbox when we're four years old with the Tonkin truck. You know, he's saying it like he just, there's no way to get it to me. You know, it's in his computer. Sure. So I'm looking at him and I said, and I said, do you, have you thought about the, you know, you realize the angst that you just solved for me sitting here. And he goes, yeah, I do it with people all the time. And I, he goes, people hug me. <laughs> you have to know Dan. You have to know Dan, right? He's, right. Just, he's Dan's just awesome. So he said, so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, have you thought about converting this to the cloud? Because you know, like you, I love software. Sure. So I'm like, have you thought about converting this to the cloud and having this available to all the means that are out there across the country who I know are going through the same type of thing on some scale with their business? Sure. And he goes, yeah, I have. I just haven't gotten to it. I'm so busy in my consultancy. And I said, well, would you like to partner up? Okay. And obviously, I'm putting all this into a, a time capsule here. But, you know, sure. he said, yeah. So we became kind of the odd couple, right? The entrepreneur partners with the commercial banker. Interesting. Where do you hear that? Interesting. Sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> right? Right? So, so, and so we speak different languages. And, you know, Dan speaks for the bank. And he's in, he passionately defends the bankers as community people who live in your community who aren't here to reject you who really want to work with you okay. and then you have me on the entrepreneur side going hey look man we just need our money in entrepreneur land and we qualify <laughs> and we're good and if we have a good deal we want you to lend to us what we need sure today right yeah. so it's like you're mixing the two so so from the historical place of where we came right all of us would when we wanted some kind of financing from a credit line in, you know, do be do an application. You you started somewhere where you walked into the bank, okay, and you sat down with the anxiety you described on really the best case, absolute dread on the worst case, and you think you qualify, you're good, and you're going to now pitch the banker as to why you want your credit line, and you have either some kind of presentation with an executive summary. If you're doing property, you've got your pro forma or your income and expense statements attached and your information on your asset. If you're doing a credit line, you've got your tax returns, whatever you have, and you're trying to talk to the banker, and you give the banker a package, and the banker would say, okay, and still does, will say, okay, thank you, we'll get back to you. Interesting. And what does all of us do when that happens? We wait. Yeah. And I don't know an entrepreneur that waits real well. I don't know any of yeah. us who in startup land who are out there hustling or growing businesses wait real well. Yeah. I don't know any property seller where I make an offer to them and I say, ah, the bank will get me a pre-qual letter in a week or two. Feels good about that. So what, what Dan and I wanted to do was change the conversation using software. Sure. So now if I can, now what I can do with our software, with, which is what we put together and is now in the cloud, be it for an apartment building, for a mixed-use property, a commercial building, be it for a business credit line or a business credit card, an equipment loan, for an SBA loan, anything I want to do in my business for lender financing in a regulated banking space. Okay. What I can do it myself now, I can open on my computer without anybody 
seeing me, I can sanity check my request at a bank, or I can put in my real numbers, and I can hit run analysis in our software, and the software will tell me if I'm likely a go or a stop before I ever speak to a banker. Interesting. And then if I'm a, if so I'm a stop, a then I can obviously, like you'll tell me what I need to fix? I save myself time, money, and embarrassment if I'm sure. stopped by the computer, right? Yep. So now, absolutely. So I'm going to look at, it. oh, I need more income in the deal. So I do need a co-signer, or I need to get more income to make it, or I have to cut my expenses to get okay. the credit line I want, or I have to cut the apartment building's expenses to make the numbers cover for the bank. Different underwriting guidelines for property versus credit lines, but it's it's still the same empowering change in the conversation. Sure. Because now when I call the banker, Kevin, if you're armed with a one piece of paper that has vetted your commercial credit line against common bank guidelines, sure. and you walk into your bank relationship you have today, how do you feel with that piece of paper in your hand compared to when I asked you before how you feel? Well, you're confident, right? Yeah, you're empowered. Yeah. And so we've got people out there, you know, we have a I, I, month ago or so, we hear from a 26-year-old property investor. Okay. And he download prints and shares his one sheet on an, he's buying a three-family. And he prints it up and it, the software tells him he's a go. So he prints his one sheet. He walks into the commercial bank and he does exactly what we tell him to do. He walks in, he meets the vice president, he puts the one sheet down and he says, I invested in software that tells me that my transaction is a go compared to common commercial bank guidelines today. Would you like to continue the conversation with me on acquiring this property? Interesting. Well, he said, so he says, so now the commercial banker is a VP okay. sitting there. And it's one of those offices where upstairs is, is a bigger part of the commercial lending team. So the VP looks at him and says, can you excuse me for a moment? I'll be right back. Okay. And the VP leaves and the kid, the, the, I say kid cause I'm 54, but no, he's the, the young guy sitting there. Right. Yeah. And he, and he doesn't know, he doesn't know what's happening next. And down comes the banker with the senior vice president of lending. Okay. The senior vice president looks at the one sheet. They look at him and they say, we absolutely would like to continue the conversation with you about this property. You're one of the most prepared borrowers we've seen come in here in a long time. Interesting. Now, he's starting to tell us the story. Oh, so I'm going to put my feet on the desk and negotiate rate. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. Don't take it too far. But it's, it's a conversation changer. It's one piece of paper now that can be sent, download, printed, and shared or digitally sent to your banker sure. that simply says, would you like to continue the conversation with me on this transaction? Yes or no? Interesting. And I want an answer now. So Dan's written the one sheet for the banker to consume in one minute or less. It's written in bank language. I mean, you and I could read it, but it's sure. still, it's written for the banker. It's got all the little metrics right there. So it's not an approval. It's not a complete loan package. It's a conversation starter in a different way. And now what happens is the banker who says, no, I'm not here to reject you. It's just borrowers have either unrealistic expectations or they just are coming into the bank unprepared. Now the conversation starts and the bankers are the ones giving us some of the best testimonials for what we do because they're saying, Hey, you know, we're not here as commercial bankers to pre-qualify people. We're here to try to get transactions done. 
residential bankers pre-qualify people for houses. We right. don't for commercial loans. You don't walk and say, hey, I want to get pre-qualified for, for a property. Yeah, no, you get a purchase. You know, so the dynamic is in the commercial space, the bankers are saying, hey, you know, pre-qualify yourself with CLS. Interesting. Before you talk to us, know where you're at. And so we're out there having a ball here. This is fun. We're out there changing the conversation between commercial borrowers who, who do qualify and commercial bankers who do want to lend. And we're doing it with one piece of paper because it's software. Interesting. Thanks for listening to Building the Future. This show is heard by more than a million people monthly in over 15 markets worldwide, including Silicon Valley. Kevin Horick's guests are leading business owners, successful entrepreneurs, and merchandisers worldwide. Now, your brand has an opportunity to tap into this dedicated and active group of business people who are looking for places to invest and the right opportunities to support. Find out how you can get involved at buildingthefutureshow.com. Walk us through some of the reasons people would use a bank for to actually get investment instead of maybe going the VC or kind of investment route. Yeah, sure. I mean, we all, you know, startup stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I love, I love startups. I mean, serial entrepreneur, you, me, I mean, this sure. is great stuff. So you sit here and, and, you know, if you don't have the experience or you don't have sales, sure. and, and well, even you get into VC space, you know, you need sales to make any sense out of it for evaluation with them. But, you know, you're always, you're, you're always getting into the discussion of, you know, is your business profitable? Are you making sales? Yeah. And where are you at? And if we're in tech space, you know, we, we, you know, how do, how do you value an app, you know, pre-money? How do you value an app before we've sold anything to anybody? Yep. It's unlikely we're going to get a heck of a lot more than a, you know, business credit card based on our own credit score from a bank in that space. You know, that's more of, you're right, we're more into the, you know, VC space. But if we are taking private money from, from friends, family, or from investors, why wouldn't we want to know when we can exit them with a commercial bank line? I mean, sure. I would much rather, I, I, I prefer to take the business credit line when I can to exit the original investor. Then I don't have to pay as much equity. I can almost pay an interest rate to an angel that's a fairly reasonable interest rate on an accrued basis. If I can say to them, Hey, look in two years, when I qualify, I can exit you. Interesting. Why would I give up equity? Now I have to predict that. So I need to use our business loan screener okay. and I need to put in income and expense on a projected 1120 or schedule C. And I need to just follow the tool tips along with what's allowable for expense. I should know what I think my business is going to make and what I think my expenses are going to be. I should be able to project those two years. You know, I mean, I'm being asked on a business plan to project them longer, aren't I? Yeah. So I'm going to sit there and put it in. And in six months to two years, somewhere in that window, I'm bankable. Yeah. So why wouldn't I want to take five, six, seven percent money on a bank line to exit a private investor versus giving up, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 percent of my business? Yeah. It's on a startup. Yeah. Now, if I print a one sheet and I sit down with a private investor like yourself or me, someone brings something to me and actually showed me a one sheet and said, I, I, I can exit you in two years. Sure. I feel real different about the risk ride. 
Yeah. You know, if I'm sitting there and somebody's just pitching me and saying, well, we're, I got this great new app and I want you to put money in and, you know, and I'm looking at it and I, there's not the sales to support it. And I think there'll be the sales, but what do I value it at? How much equity do I take? How much work do I think I have to do? Yeah. Versus someone who comes in and says to me, Hey, look, John, we can, I can pay you back. Now I've never had anybody really pitch me that way. Sure. But from a standpoint of me looking at it, it makes perfect sense to me to pitch stuff that way. Yeah. If I was going to do anything now, why wouldn't why would I give up the equity if I can do it on a debt side? As long as I don't have payments that are going to, I believe, are going to choke me out somewhere. Sure. Why wouldn't I say, I, look, I can exit you. My exit plan is to refi with a bank. Here's what if I hit these income and expense goals. Here's how I can predict the behavior of a community bank in two years. Yeah, it's fascinating, right? When have you ever heard that? Yeah, it's yeah, it unheard is. of, really. And it, and it changes the conversation because we didn't have predictability for bank behavior and software 10 years ago. Sure. Well, Dan did. He, yeah, he did, okay, but fair, you know, but he was the yeah. one who had it, right? I mean, it's just we didn't, you know, wasn't available to all of us. I mean, we're in the modern era of the software factory. Why can't we predict behavior for just about anything we want to forecast? Sure. No, it makes sense. And keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm good. So no, you're. I mean, it was a great question. It's like, what do you do? How do you substitute it? You know, and when you're sitting down doing your original rounds, and even your original Series A, you know, whatever your original rounds are. If you can predict an exit with financing from a lender um, as part of your package, why wouldn't you? Yeah, at least well, to consider it. Exactly. And then, as I've as I've had bankers say to me regarding the software, any one of us going for a commercial bank credit line or a commercial real estate loan on a property, who wouldn't want to know if you qualify numbers wise before you apply? Sure. Yeah, very much so. Right. <laughs> who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't want to know? I mean, right. Versus walking in saying, oh, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. So did you basically hire a team to build the software for you? Or how did you guys actually kind of take it out of his laptop and put it online? We did. And, and you can, you, I, I know you know what that costs. Yeah. And sure. so that, that fortune had to be put together. So, okay. you know, we did that. And, and we did that. We hired... We hired the big tech team, and okay. then we hired the the service desk, and we hired the infrastructure of a COO and head of marketing, and you know, you you do all the things you need to do to bring a software to market in the digital era. Sure. And so our our platform is totally integrated now and and in the marketplace and ready to go. But okay. yeah, I mean, it was sure, and it was, and, and as you know, I mean, it's a two year plus lift. Yeah. I mean, it's, did it's you guys not raise money or did you self fund? Um, no, we had it. We had okay. it. So, so we, you know, we were, we were able to do it and we, um, we've been able to, with our, with our marketing methodology, um, we haven't had to raise money yet. Nice. And we're at the point now where we've been offered money. Okay. So, you know, it, it's always a badge, right? To get offered money. And you've yep. been actually offered some amazing money for it, for the marketing side. And, we could take it. I mean, we, we've decided not to at this point because sure. we have enough traction with our, with our own goals. We're meeting our traction goals. So, you know, uh, there's always the, you know, temptation to go into media space like TV that you're not in, but it's, um, it's something that for us, it, it was, it's just been, it's been a pragmatic business plan to just stick with what we are. So we, but the tech 
I don't have to tell you how involved and detailed it is to take something out of just your, your basic programming languages of yeah. a computer and then put it into cloud space and have it housed in Amazon. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It gets complicated really fast. Yeah. I get it. I totally get that. <laughs> and so, expensive. Yep. The interesting thing is, is like, are, do you plan on like, do you want to get this? Well, do you want to sell this off at some point or you want to keep it around or you don't know yet? You know, let me, all right. All of us, you're entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. So you're sitting there going, yeah, let me build this up. And, you know, it's it's obviously got a nationwide reach when we talk about 20 million business owners using credit, five, three to six million property investors, and you know, the CPAs are using our software, helping their business clients. I mean, so you sit there and go, all right, at what point do we have such a massive amount of customers that were saleable for enough money to just sail around the world? Yeah. You know, so you just sit there and you think about that. And then stuff like this happens. I have a guy who's a friend of mine who is a is a health um coach. Okay. And and a really good one. You know, I, I say that's what he is. He's got a longer title than that, but that's what I you know. So he and he helps people um lose weight, get in shape, and correct problems that are structural in their physical life. He's okay. just an amazing guy. All the credentials in the world to do it from you know, the colleges you have to go to to get the degrees and he moves down to Atlanta okay. from the Northeast and he starts to set up a bigger shop. And um, he is a guy who hates debt. He okay. can't stand debt. And he calls me and he says, I need to get a business credit line. And he goes, I just um, can't, I, I can't get my brain around it. I'm just, I don't like that. And I, but I need to hire people. I need to get bigger space. My, my, my practice is getting bigger. What should I do? So I took in his existing numbers, put it in the business loan screener that we have sure. and sent him the one sheet, just helping him out. I sent him the one sheet and two or three months go by. I don't hear from him. Okay. Right. Then I get a text from him. Now this is a guy in top shape with, you know, abs to envy. Okay. Sure. For all okay. of us guys, Got you. Yep. He's, he's, he's 50 and his abs. Are, okay. So it's like, and so he, he sends me a thing and it says my fat pants are loose. <laughs> and I'm looking at this and I go, what? This guy doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. So I call him. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, I'm sorry. That is a copy and paste from a text I got from a client. Okay. I took your one sheet into, I took your one sheet. I went to my bank. I got a credit line. I got bigger space. I hired people. I've tripled my clients. And that is from a woman who I have helped lose so much weight that, you know, she's sending me a text telling me her fat pants, quote unquote, her fat pants are loose and she's ecstatic. <laughs> That's and he goes, because of your, he goes, because of your software, I'm changing lives. Interesting. So Kevin, you sit there and you go, do I want to sell this? I mean, uh, you know, it's like, you just, you know, it's like, yeah, gosh, fair. you got to, you know, but also, you know the like more you people you can, yeah. Well, you, you know? but, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Because, but you also think like the flip side of that, like there's got to be a big nationwide bank that was just like, well, why wouldn't we just buy this and make everybody use this? Well, what they say, actually, what they, what they, they here's how they look at it, which is interesting. They think, and they're right. I mean, we're a third party, sure. So, and we've created the marketing and education platform that go with it. And I speak entrepreneur, sure. And banks really don't. So yeah, if you're okay. one of those, if you're one of those big institutions, you say, "Hey, I've got a screener. Fill it out and come in to me and see if you pre-qualify." All of us know. I mean, if I want to do business with that bank, I'll just call them. 
Yeah, interesting. <laughs> What's great okay. about our software is, hey, I can walk in anywhere. I can download and print and share wherever I sure. want. I'm in charge with who sees my stuff now. Sure. And so they actually say to us, hey, we want to meet those people. Oh, we want your people filling out that one sheet I who see. are pre-screening themselves, who are investing in software so they're real and they're sure. sincere and they're actually working to make conversations start the right way. We want you to connect all of those people to us and then they, because we're cut. lending and, and get, well, whatever we, we want nothing to do as commercial. Dan and I are a software and education company. Okay. We want nothing to do with a live loan application. Okay. I don't want a piece of anybody's loan. I don't want basis points on the spread. I don't want any of that. All okay. we want people to do is use our software to okay, be able to financially empower themselves run their business and get dignity out of their credit package their way so that they don't have to walk in anxiety ridden anymore. Sure. They can walk in with their head high and say, Hey, you know, if you're not doing this, I know I'll just go to the next bank because I'm good. Let's start the conversation. Now you don't have to, you don't have to walk into a bank that way. You don't sure. get to be, you know, you walk in and you say, Hey, would you like to continue the conversation with me? I haven't heard any bank tell anybody no at this point. Interesting. And I don't want to continue the conversation. Now, nationwide rejection rates on commercial bank applications are anywhere from 45 to 55 percent. Wow. It's staggering. And the reasons that you hear are for, you know, improperly prepared borrower or just the borrower having unrealistic expectations. So what we think is going to happen over time, and we think we can prove concept on this. And, you know, as you know, when you have software, that's what you're about, proving concept. Yep. And if we can prove that by, you know, the retention rate of the customer and the ability for the bank to feel comfortable approving that loan is higher than those numbers. Sure. Now, what bank wouldn't want to meet you as the business owner with this software? Sure. So we say to the bankers, hey, you guys should be using the same software. Yeah. Why don't you take the lender bundle and you the lender suite and you use it so that when I contact you, you know what I'm using. Interesting. And we're all on the same page suddenly. Yeah, Imagine that. Banker and banker and business owner are on the same page. Only available in 2018 because of <laughs> software, right? Yeah, I mean, otherwise, how would you how would you do it? Yeah, I don't you know. know. So I mean, what an era we live in. I know it's wild, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but John, we're, we're, we're coming to the end. So let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys. You mentioned you, you have an ebook that people can get a hold of. Um, do you want to kind of close with mentioning where people can get more information about that? Sure. So at commercialloansuccess.com, you can find everything out about us and our software boxes. It, we, we sell our software screeners for $147 a piece per year. Okay. So this is affordable for everybody in business space to you know, take a look at. And you'll find you choose the right one for you. You choose the right bundle for where you're at with your business, what you need, what you're looking for. And you have an annual subscription so you get to keep your dashboard and you can work on it right through a refi with your banker the next time. So that's there. For the audience who took the time to listen to you and I tell fun stories today about, about <laughs> stuff, um, we um, we always like to give something to to your audience. So at web.commercialloansuccess.com forward slash future for your podcast forward sure. slash future, 
um, we've created a page where your audience can access chapter two from our, our October 1st release book, which is our ebook commercial loan success, how to lender finance your business and or investment property in today's economy. You can get that. That's a nice deep dive on all the things we think you have to have done before you speak to a commercial bank. And a lot of people make mistakes there in sole proprietor or startup land where, you know, it's as simple as you don't have a business checking account to be able to do business with the bank. I mean, we have a whole list of things you need there. And then you get a nice link to the software where it's available for you at a discount. Interesting. Well, John, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. Oh, listen, Kevin, this has been great. Thank you. Thanks very much. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.